0: Tonight on Haunted America, we cover a place all
1: too close to home. This location is definitely in the top five haunted locations in our area of Western New York. As you can tell by the title,
0: that's right. Tonight, we're talking about... Rolling Hills Asylum. Before we get into today's episode... If you'd like to share one of your personal haunted stories with us, email us at hauntedamericapodcast
1: at gmail.com. And furthermore, if you know of any haunted location along the East Coast you'd like us to check out, let us know at that same email, hauntedamericapodcast at gmail.com. Jess has a lifetime of experience in the
0: paranormal field, and myself being a medium, we are able to give more insight as to the hauntings of these locations. And if you'd like to get even more content, subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcasting networks to get more of your favorite content, such as investigation recaps, your ghost stories, and on some episodes, we even dive into UFO and conspiracy talk. Now, let's get into the episode. Located at 1001 Bethany Center Road in East Bethany, New York rolling hills asylum sits upon around 100 acres of old farmland and when you pull up to the front you definitely don't feel like you're out in farm country the haunted and eerie feeling is all too present immediately upon arrival
1: rolling hills asylum in east bethany new york opened in 1827 on 108 acres as the genesee county poorhouse a safe haven for chil- orphaned children families destitute elderly physically handicapped mentally unstable, morally corrupt, and even criminals. These institutions were situated on the grounds of a poor farm on which able-bodied residents were required to work. Such farms were common in the United States in the early 19th and 20th centuries.
0: Before becoming famously known as Rolling Hills Asylum, it was known as the Genesee County Poor House, or the Old County Home. It's often confused with reformatory, but a poorhouse would take in families, orphan children, elderly or handicapped, and even in some circumstances, as previously noted,
1: criminals. This was a government-run facility for the support and housing of dependent or needy persons, typically run by a local government entity, such as a county or municipality, and institutions of this nature were widespread in the United States prior to the adoption of the Social Security program in the 1930s.
0: In 1828, Genesee County constructed a stone building attached to the poorhouse for the confinement of lunatics and a repository for paupers committed for misconduct. The insane were also housed at the county home until 1887, when the Board of Supervisors agreed to send persons suffering with acute insanity elsewhere in the state. The Genesee County Poor Farm was a self sufficient working farm spanning over 200 acres at one time, providing food and fuel. Thus, the actual cost to care for each person was low, around $1.08 per week. I was going to say $108, um, but that was back in 1871. And if my math is correct, and it probably isn't, that would be around $300 per person
1: per day today. Residents were referred to as inmates, no matter why they were housed there. And those physically able-bodied would work the farm and many actually built and made wares to sell and help offset some of the living expenses. The raising of Holsteins, pigs, draft horses, chickens and ducks, raising vegetable and fruit crops, canning jams, jellies, meats were all part of the chores. There was a bakery and even a wood shop where coffins were made, and the coffins were sold for use to local mortuaries.
0: The county would bury those who had no family on record. Rolling Hills records do indicate that there was once a cemetery on site. However, at this time, it's about non-existent. So it seems that the cemetery for the county poorhouse has faded away as the stones crumbled, the grass grew back, and the forest has been replanted. All this because no one was eventually around to care for those who had so long ago been forgotten and buried
1: on site. In 1938, the Genesee County Infirmary was added to the property. Come 1960s, the property became the Genesee County Nursing Home. However, in 1974, due to a plethora of reasons such as lack of water and wheelchair ramps pitched to open stairwells, shut its doors for the last time as a county facility and the property sat empty for over 10 years. Now it's time to get into what probably brought most of you here, the hauntings.
0: There is no doubt that this place is haunted. Haunted North America once rated Rolling Hills Asylum as the second most haunted in all of the United States. With over 1,700 recorded deaths, and who knows how many others that have not been recorded, Rolling Hills
1: truly lives up to the hype. One of the locations in the asylum known for catching the voices of the dead is Hattie's room. As you could have guessed, Hattie's voice is the most common of voices caught in this area. But there's another, maybe more notable, room in the asylum. And that is the room of a former patient named Roy. Roy Krause is a seven-foot-tall shadow man and everybody's favorite apparition at Rolling Hills. Roy probably had gigantism caused by a tumor in the pituitary glands, which messed with the hormones that caused growth. He lived out his life here and died in 1942 almost seven and a half feet tall, and at the age of 52. It's not uncommon for people with this diagnosis to pass away at a relatively early age.
0: Now, Jess has actually been here before, and this location is definitely on our summer investigation radar. But when we get there, I know the first place I'm personally running to to sit down and investigate is what's known simply as the Shadow Hallway. The hallway is located on the second floor in the east wing, and it's commonly also referred to as the Old Men's Corridor. Many investigators have reported seeing shadow figures move up and down and across the hall from door to door. Not only do people see shadows, but every now and then, an investigator will say they saw a full-body, clear apparition. And that's right, these spirits have the kind of energy it takes to present themselves like they are still alive. Full color, full faces. I'm just honestly excited to get the chance to catch that on camera.
1: For me, the psych ward and morgue are probably the most interesting. As soon as you walk down to the basement and enter the psych ward in solitary confinement, you can see the iron brackets hung on the walls in the small, dark rooms which once held some of these people. This area had a lot of residual energy. Spirits still living out, being locked up and mistreated. Imagine being down there at 3 a.m. and it being dead quiet and you hear someone scream a few rooms down. And the morgue should be self-explanatory, the actual dead. Once laid in the huge, in the walk-in refrigerators, the final spot for these people before being buried.
0: Finally, the last spot we can't wait to really investigate isn't even inside the actual walls of the asylum. Just walking around outside the walls of the building is said to be absolutely chilling at times. As said earlier, there are over 1,700 documented deaths and countless others that were not and many of these people were buried somewhere outside, somewhere on the land. Nobody for sure knows where these spirits' final resting place actually may be, but just walking around and trying to find this location while running an EVP recorder or spirit box is sure to be one hell of an experience.
1: Have you ever been to Rolling Hills Asylum, or at least heard about this location in the middle of nowhere western New York? If you feel like checking it out, look below to find the link to their website. They host plenty of ghost hunts and tours throughout the year.
0: I think it's time to question Jess here about some of what he remembers of his last investigation at Rolling Hills. Do you remember catching anything that sounds remotely close to what we kind of touched on here in the episode today? I've
1: definitely. We set up a laser grid uh, down that hallway where they said they see shadows bouncing The, sh- in the shadow hallway, Old Men's Corridor. Yeah, uh, definitely... Had some activity there, a little bit of shadow uh, movement. Uh, Nothing that I caught on camera in that spot. But down right out in front of the morgue, we had a medium there with us. And she said she felt somebody or saw somebody, whatever, right next to her. So I pulled out my camera right away, snapped a picture. And she was right. It was like a smoke cloud sort of. Uh, but in the shape of, you could see like long hair, uh, and it was a large woman with big breasts. Wonderful description. Oh, well,
0: But the, the, um, medium that was with his crew at the time, very reputable and anything she says, just believe it. She's a real deal. Anything else You, you were, uh, were you guys allowed to walk around outside at your time there?
1: Or is it just strictly I, inside? I don't remember being taken outside. There, we were never outside. It was they would you'd come in and they'd give you a tour of the place, and then bring you back down to where you all met inside the the front office, and then here you go, go ahead, you have free reign to go. So I mean, yeah, I'm sure we could have gone outside, but we were so uh, taken with things that were going on inside.
0: And uh, this, you know, this was. How long ago you were there? God, this was about 10 years ago? Yeah,
1: so, um, you know. But let's save the rest for when we visit Rolling Hills together here in a few months.
0: Stay tuned for our own investigation and recap so we can help prove why Rolling Hills is a big part of...
1: Haunted America.